Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. We've heard lots about and seen lots about the Orlando nightclub shooter and what has happened there and the carnage and such. Uh, It was interesting. I was watching uh, CNN last night and they had the ex-wife of uh, the shooter on and was giving some uh, unbelievable insight into uh, this man and the sort of life that he led very much uh, in turmoil between uh, his father's traditional uh, upbringing and values and he of course who would frequent clubs and such Um, when asked of his sexuality uh, she said that she could see how Uh, He might have been questioning that in her time uh, with him. Uh, There's been lots of speculation as to why he was in this club so much. Some even called him a regular. Uh, Was he someone who was, you know, in conflict with his sexuality? Was he casing the place? Uh, Now we are finding out that the wife, uh, the current wife, his second wife, by the way, in this interview, the... um, First wife said she didn't even realize that uh, that he had been remarried since uh, and was unaware of it until, of course, uh, this situation broke. Uh, she in the initial or sorry, the second wife, it's now uh, rumored that she may have known what was going on, certainly that he had uh, violent tendencies and that he was speaking of this sort of thing. But did she know of an actual plan to launch an attack? That is what authorities are trying to figure out now. Uh, so can she be charged in this murder, or in these murders rather, if in fact uh, she knew that it was going to happen and she did nothing to stop it? Talking with us now, Joseph Newberger is with us, criminal lawyer with Newberger and Partners LLP and on the line with us now. Good afternoon, Joseph. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you? Good. Thank you for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate this. My pleasure. Uh, First of all, surprised to know that the wife may have known something about this in some way? Yeah. I mean, you know, depending upon how people lead their lives, I mean, it's hard to sort of hide certain things. But what's more shocking is uh, the fact that, you know, she went with him at the time that he purchased uh, the weaponry, or at least some of the weaponry, and knowing his general instability, uh, you know, a supporter's house might be suggesting that that's not a good thing to do. So that's quite shocking. But I think what is really significant is to try and understand, and the FBI is trying to determine this now, exactly what she knew about his plans and whether she assisted in any way by taking him to these locations and essentially, as they call it, casing them out. Uh, if she knew anything, uh, um, and, and maybe not necessarily the official plans or, or, or what he and when he wanted to do this, but that she thought that he was up to something and with buying this ammo and such, if she knew about that and didn't say anything, or is she obligated to say something? In the United States, there are uh, offenses for someone who knows about a potential crime that's going to occur and does nothing to alert authorities. Now, it depends on the degree of knowledge. Um, In this case, she obviously would relate it to some sort of domestic uh, type of terrorism. Um, And it it has to be very specific that she actually knew that he was planning to do this. If she had, you know, inklings or some sort of understanding that he may do something in the future, it's questionable as to whether she could really be charged on that. But I think they certainly would try. 
in this type of case. But if she had knowledge, like, I mean, if it's established, if she tells the FBI that, you know, she went to this club, she went to a Disney World and some other location, and, you know, he was certainly looking at them as potential targets, I mean, that's it. That's, that's sufficient to charge her. Uh, a, is not disclosing to authorities to try and prevent this horrific act. And B, uh, she very well could be an accessory, although what I know from the information is that the FBI is not looking at her as a co-conspirator at this stage anyways. Um, do you think that's just due to lack of evidence at this time? I don't know. I mean, I think what they're trying to do really is use her as a source of information, just like the ex-wife. I mean, they are getting tremendous uh, information from this wife about what he was doing. And I think that helps the, the police and the FBI try and understand how somebody who may have had various issues, clearly he had some maybe mental health issues, he certainly had maybe some gender uh, uh, orientation issues, how somebody like that also gets r- radicalized through social media. And I think she's able to provide a, a tremendous amount of insight because this is, again, an American citizen um, and uh, who unfortunately became radicalized and committed this horrific act. And so the FBI is probably trying to gain as much insight um, to understand how these things happen, how they can better monitor, and how to try and better prevent something like this from happening in the future. Uh, I can see them not arresting her uh, if there's, uh, you know, a situation uh, where where she might have known something about one uh, scenario or, or, or one aspect of this. But it seems that, you know, she took him to the club to case the place. Uh, and again, this is all uh, allegations at this point. She took him yeah. to the club to to case the place. They actually cased Disney uh, World, which yeah. is terribly frightening. Uh, and, and then, of course, taking him to buy the ammo. I mean, there seems to be more than one incident. Does that carry weight in this? Uh, it does. It absolutely does. I mean, you and I are relying on really information which is coming out through the media. There's no formal statement from the FBI at this time that I know of. But when you put all of that together cumulatively, you, you one would uh, easily imagine that uh, she certainly participated to some extent uh, to facilitate these acts. Same so, sort of law in Canada, Joseph? Well, in Canada, we can unfortunately know of a crime and not have an obligation to notify the authorities. We can even stand and watch something happen. Um, but terror legislation is changing uh, in the United States. It certainly is very robust. Um, it was quite robust here. And knowing of a terrorist act and not disclosing would not get you charged in Canada. But uh, it certainly it could get you charged here as being an accessory or a co-conspirator if a Canadian citizen took their spouse or their friend to a number of locations as potential targets, uh, went and helped or at least drove them to acquire weaponry. Uh, I mean, when you put it all together, it seems that the person is assisting uh, in the commission of the offense. It may be in some limited manner, but they are assisting, and that certainly would get the person charged uh, in some way and quite easily as a conspirator. Do you think we'll see changes to those laws as, uh, you know, these threats sort of heighten? I think we may see some more amendments. I mean, we're, we're looking at, you know, this is the most uh, horrific shooting, uh, mass shooting that's occurred in the United States. You know, Canada was a target when we had that issue on Parliament Hill. Uh, you know, I think obligating somebody to uh, certainly have a terrorist act um, to come forward and alert authorities um, you know, God forbid this would be planned with Canada's Wonderland. I mean, I don't think that would be an, that would be an mm. offense. I think Canadians would be, uh, uh, you know, upset having. And, you know, frankly, there are laws on the books now 
where um, I think a person in certain dire circumstances, if they knew of a specific target and didn't disclose, could still be charged in Canada. Uh, FBI had questioned uh, the shooter, had no reason to detain him or charge him. How do you balance human rights with terrorism? Well, yeah, it's got to be delicate because we cannot uh, we cannot become like those that um, are challenging us this way. We have a democracy. We have a civil way of living. Uh, we protect even our offenders when they go to jail. Uh, so we have to be very careful to ensure that we all have appropriate civil liberties. We protect our rights. But there has to be robust laws in place to try and combat uh, these acts. But, you know, the reality is we do have a lot of offenses on the books. Um, there is a fair amount of uh, infrastructure in place for monitoring and detecting. I think our infrastructure policing uh, could use more money in many respects. Um, so, I, I, you know, it's, it's a careful balance. Um, and I think, you know, Canada is doing a very good job of it. Um, I can't really speak to the United States, but I think the U.S. has, and citizens have a very legitimate concern about their safety when something like this happens, and we've seen what's been going on in Europe. Shouldn't, uh, well, I guess obviously you can't charge her if they're, meaning the uh, the wife, if, if there's not enough evidence, but don't you need to do this to send a message to others that just because you're not the person committing the crime, it doesn't mean you can't you can't be held responsible. Yeah, well, to me, it's baffling. It, you know, it, to any person listening to this show would be baffled that some individual, you know, would mm-hmm. just ignore this. I mean, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe she did try to dissuade him, but when you know he's not stable and is purchasing weaponry and he's looking at targets, you have to do something. I mean, whether it's a law in the book or not, this is a moral obligation. And so, you know, charging may send a message. I've never believed in, you know, the idea that when people don't do things or they commit crimes, they do it thinking of the consequences. But I think, you know, as a society, uh, anybody who knows information like this should definitely be stepping forward to prevent the carnage that can happen, because that could have been preventable. And and I'll just say one more thing. I'm sorry for talking so much, but, you know, the gun laws in the United States absolutely unequivocally have got to get... um, Remodeled because, as far as I know from from what I've been reading, the you know Florida, the state of Florida doesn't even require a license or a permit to purchase. And this is serious. This is serious weaponry that was uh, was purchased in this case. And without proper licensing, having somebody examined and checked uh, to to even buy a handgun, I mean that's absurd. So we, we there has to be real serious change to the gun laws. We've, we, we talk about this all the time after, you know, usually after there's a mass shooting in the United States and certainly with Sandy Hook and the children involved, many thought that that would uh, change the direction of this debate. Uh, with this so obvious that a person purchased a gun that should not even been allowed to have one, whether it's the mental uh, instability, whether it's the questioning from the FBI, do you think that they will now look at these sets of facts and say, yeah, we've got to do something to keep guns out of the hands of people like this? I would hope so. I mean, you know, watching the, the politics unfold in the United States is like watching a terrible reality show. And, uh, you know, uh, President Obama came out just yesterday very strongly against comments made by the Republican, uh, I guess, presumptive candidate. And, um, you know, the, his, his positions with respect to the Second Amendment and, and the right to bear arms, 
I mean, these are things that need to be looked at. I'm not, I'm not saying as a Canadian that, you know, they should necessarily abandon the right to bear arms as, an, as a constitutional protection. But something's got to get done, and the, pol- the political rhetoric really has to get serious because um, something has to get done in order to prevent this. I mean, people who have mental instability should not have access to this type of weaponry, and frankly, I don't really see the need for it in any re- regard. I would agree with that. Uh, are you, are, are you, how concerned are you that this gun is legal here, but in restricted terms, and especially when there's an MP out west that wants to make, to loosen the regulations on this gun, uh, the AR-15? Uh, we, I don't know what you, I, you know, look, I, I, I know I'm a criminal defense lawyer, but, you know, I've never ha- held a gun in my life. I, 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 I know people love hunting, and that's fine. But, you know, I, I, there's certain type of weaponry I just don't think any person needs to own, even as a collector. I just don't get it. Um, and if there's chances, um, you know, uh, that it could get stolen and, and used in trafficking, uh, that's very dangerous. But, you know, in Canada, the majority of the the weaponry which is used for the shootings that occur in Canada through gangs, those are all trafficked and brought in through the United States. It's not people who are registered gun owners. Uh, so that being said, and we had a gun advocacy group on yesterday, and boy, oh boy, uh, boy, once they got mobilized and got a hold of my interview, they uh, they pretty much commented and sent it pretty from one end of the country to the other, disagreeing with what we're talking about, and that's regulation. Um, do you think well, I, you know, I'd, I'd have to hear their response. I mean, I, I don't think, I, I would hope that these uh, lobbyist groups are not against regulation. Um, they may feel that there need to be amendments to, to regulations, but, you know, to make well, it what, looser would just create more proliferation, and I think that's just not in anybody's best interest. Well, what this, uh, what this latest thing was about was an MP out west in British Columbia who wanted uh, the AR-15 taken off the restricted list. So, in other words, you, could use, you can use it, but you can only use it at your uh, gun club, at your firing range. They wanted to be able to take it out into the countryside and shoot cans and all that sort of stuff with it. Uh, do you see anybody in Canada having an appetite for the loosening of any sort of gun regulation? I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, this is really a, a personal choice of preference. Um, it's not, it, you know, I know there are these gun clubs and uh, people go to the gun clubs, but they're very strictly monitored. There's direct supervision. And, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for sports that, that involve that. That being said, being able to have that type of an assault rifle um, and take it out to a... Uh, you know, to somewhere up north where you're doing target practice, it's a whole other thing. So, you know, I, and again, the people who are who may be possessing it at that point and using it will be extremely responsible, are, and they're not the individuals who walk into yeah. uh, these locations and do anything. But I just think we have to be careful about any type of proliferation of of high-end assault rifles that really are just not necessary and potentially could cause uh, danger to the community. Do you think Americans are spending too much time focusing on the Muslim angle and ISIS angle of this as opposed to uh, lax gun laws? Because in the end, uh, if you've got lax gun laws, not only are you facilitating, are you not, uh, domestic terrorism, but also international terrorism? I think they're focusing on both. I think, you know, there's a lot of polarization in the United States. They have to focus on the terrorist aspect because the and they've been trying to clamp down on social media and access through social media, I think is very important to try and uh, curb um, radicalization when it does occur. Um, but the, the the polarization that exists in the United States is still going to be an impediment to get effective gun change, and I think something has to be done. Uh, that's my humble opinion as a Canadian. 
Joseph Newberger has been with us, criminal lawyer with Newberger and Partners LLP. Joseph, thanks for the time as always. Much appreciated. My pleasure. Thank you.